0: Great stuff. Okay, we're going to be looking together at 2 Chronicles chapter 35. And if you've been with us over recent weeks when I've preached, we've been looking at the life of King Josiah. And so we looked at this, this king who came to the throne at eight years old and came in, came to the throne in a dark place, Lord, where, where the people of Judah had Kind of turned away from god they 'd completely gone the other way, where the northern tribes of, of Israel have been already been taken off into into exile, and Josiah comes to the throne after his grandfather and father who 'd been pretty terrible in leading the nation away from god and we 've seen throughout josiah 's kind of thirty one year reign on the throne he has gone after God. He's gone after God. He's, he looked to bring the nation back. He's destroyed all the altars and idols and all the things they were worshiping instead of God. And he's restored the temple. They found the book of the law and he's looked in it and just been cut to the heart by what it says, by what it says that God, God's angry with us because we've turned away from him. And he's led the people back in worship to God we've also seen that the people although kind of outwardly compliant and they've gone along with Josiah and they've said okay we won't go to those altars they've been broken down and we'll come to the temple yeah and we'll worship god we see in elsewhere in jeremiah in in some of the other other prophets that really they just kind of did it on the surface Jeremiah God says through Jeremiah that they turned back in pretense. The people aren't really wholeheartedly coming back to God. And so we come. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah has been in that circumstance, but Josiah's been leading in that situation for 31 years. As we come to 2 Chronicles 35, verse 20. It's that. Well, it's titled in the NIV, The Death of Josiah. But we have a few verses to describe what happened in the run-up to his death. So 2 Chronicles 35, verse 20. After all this, when Josiah had set the temple in order, Nico, king of Egypt, went up to fight at Carchemish on the Euphrates. And Josiah marched out to meet him in battle. But Nico sent messengers to him saying, what quarrel is there between you and me, O king of Judah? It is not you I'm attacking at this time, but the house with which I'm at war. God has told me to hurry. So stop opposing God who is with me or he will destroy you. Josiah, however, would not turn away from him, but disguised himself to engage him in battle. He would not listen to what Nico had said at God's command. But went to fight him on the plain of Megiddo. Archers shot at King Josiah and he told his officers, take me away, I'm badly wounded. So they took him out of his chariot, put him in the other chariot he had brought, he had, and brought him to Jerusalem, where he died. He was buried in the tombs of his fathers and all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for him. Jeremiah composed laments for Josiah and to this day all the men and women singers commemorate Josiah in the laments these became a tradition in Israel, and are written in the laments and the other events of josiah 's reign and his acts of devotion, according to what is written in the law of the Lord, all the events from beginning to end are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah so what 's this about well it 's about Josiah dying but Josiah, throughout his life, we see throughout his life, Josiah turned to the Lord, and he didn't turn aside to the left or the right. Josiah was the king who turned back to God more than any other, as it says in two kings. And yet we see, after all this, Necho comes up, the king of Egypt, and Josiah just goes out to meet him. Then we hear that God speaks through a pretty unlikely source, Pharaoh, Necho of Egypt. Don't come up against me. God's with me. You'll be destroyed. And so we anticipate what's going to happen next. And Josiah says, Josiah listened to God and went back to Jerusalem. And Necho went on to fight with the Assyrians and the Babylonians and whoever else he was going to fight with. But we don't. We see that Josiah didn't listen. This time, Josiah didn't listen. I think what God has got to say to us today is along the lines of these first three words of this passage. After all this, after all this, Josiah has led the people for 31 years, a people who resisted at every turn what he was trying to do. He's followed God wholeheartedly, but after all this, for some reason, he doesn't listen this time. I think God's got some things to say to us through, almost through these three words, but through the rest of the passage. After all this, can we trust him? After all this, can we still go after God? After all this, will we listen? In a sense, looking at it in our kind of human eyes, this can feel a bit of a kind of gut-wrenching passage. Oh no, Josiah, you've done it. You did it. And then here, ah, you kind of blemished your record, Josiah. It's all gone a bit wrong. We can't write anymore. You didn't turn aside from the left to the right. No, hang on a minute. Yes, we do. We can't write that you were the one who turned back to God with all your heart. Yeah, that's still there. But for some reason this time, Josiah doesn't listen. So what can we learn from this passage? The first thing we can learn, Josiah isn't God. What do I mean by that? Josiah is a man just like us. Josiah is a person just like us. Josiah, we could kind of get from the rest of this passage, the rest of... 2 Chronicles 34, 35, the other passage in 2 Kings, Josiah. He's going after God. He does everything. No one's helping him. It seems everyone is kind of going the other way. But Josiah's going after God. He must be a pretty special guy. He must be. He's, he's pretty much. He must be pretty much perfect. He's this perfect guy. We can put him up on this pedestal of King Josiah, who. Well, it was all right for him because he must have been pretty special. But I think there's a point in seeing. The death of Josiah and what happens. Josiah isn't God. Josiah isn't some perfect special man. He isn't like Jose Mourinho likes to call himself a special one. He's just a guy. He's a guy who followed God. He's a guy who from his early years sought the Lord. But he's a man like us. We can put him on a pedestal and say, yeah, okay, Josiah could do that. He could follow when it would got tough. He could follow in everything. He could go after God. I don't think I could. But he must have been pretty special. But Josiah was just a man. But he followed a very special God. So what do we learn? Josiah is just a man. And we learn, as men and women following God, we need to continue to trust him. We need to continue to trust him. We've seen throughout Josiah's life, as a boy, he sought the Lord. As a man, when the book of the law is found... He reads it and he thinks, oh my word, this is horrible. We've turned away from God and now he's angry with us. What does he do? He seeks the Lord. In 2 Chronicles 34, verse 19, we see he's found the book of the law and it says, when the king heard the words of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hilkiah, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Abdon, son of Micah, Shaphan the secretary, and Uzziah the king's attendant. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the remnant in Israel and Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. He seeks God. He's going after God. This is a man who's lived his life seeking God. But we learn we need to continue in trusting God. What we see in this story is actually when Nico comes up, he's on his way past. In fact, we find that this place where Josiah meets him in the end, this place, Megiddo, it's way beyond Jerusalem. He's already, so he's come from Egypt, Egypt south. He's going to fight with Assyria and someone else at Carchemish, which is north. Jerusalem's about here. Megiddo's up here. So, Nico's, he's gone past, he's on his way, past, but Josiah for some reason decides to go after him. Why does he do it? So we see this. He goes up and then Nico actually tells him, why are you coming after me? God has told me to do this. God has told me, don't come after him, don't come after me because you'll be opposing God. And then we see that Josiah, instead of turning away, what he actually does is we kind of get an idea that he thinks that Nico is probably right. We get some idea because what he does is instead of turning away, he disguises himself to go into battle anyway. So you've kind of got this sense of maybe Nico's right here. But maybe if I hide myself and go into battle, then it'll kind of be all right. So we learn, Josiah's not listening to God through Nico. And actually he's thinking at the same time, maybe I can hide from God. In fact, we read a similar story in 2 Chronicles 18. In 2 Chronicles 18, Ahab, who was a pretty bad king, he's got some problems with, with the Syrians who are attacking or are causing them trouble. And he thinks, I should go up and fight them. And he gets Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. He says, we should go up and fight them. But Jehoshaphat says, no, 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 we should seek God. And they seek God and this prophet Tells them, "Don't go, Ahab. Otherwise, you're going to die." Basically, that's the paraphrase. So Ahab does what Josiah does. He said, "I actually," but but he's got he's got kind of a wingman to uh, to help. Jehoshaphat, you dress in your kingly robes, and I'll disguise myself, and then we'll go up and fight. So he thinks. So Ahab thinks, like Josiah, maybe I can just hide from this. God's kind of said, don't do it, but if if I disguise myself, maybe I can get away with it. But what we see in both stories is we can't fool God. We can't fool God and we can't hide from him. In fact, we see in Ahab's case, perhaps he did hide from the Syrians. It says that they went after Jehoshaphat and they, oh, this must be the king of Israel. Then they realize, actually, that's not the king of Israel, that's, that's the king of Judah. We don't want him. And then someone, someone decides to fire an arrow at random and kills Ahab. And you think, the Syrians didn't know where he was, but God still did. God still knew. So what can we learn? We need to listen to God. We need to continue trusting him. We're going to come back to that. But also, we learn from this story of Josiah that we can't hide from God and we can't fool him. It kind of gives the kind of impression of a really young child playing hide and seek. I was watching my daughter Anna playing hide and seek after the meeting at Shirecliffe last week and she was kind of... What can we do? Sorry, Dave, I hope I won't knock anything off. I have knocked something off. She was kind of like crouched behind... A pillar in the car park, at Shire- or next to the car park. She wasn't in the car park. She wasn't in the road. <laughs> next to the car park, a pillar, a Shirecliff, kind of like this. No one can see me. But it's kind of, it's kind of like that. We think we can hide from God. We can kind of get away with it. We can, you kind of, you see it with Jonah. Jonah thinks God said go to Nineveh. Jonah says, no, no, if I go to Tarshish, not that way, this way then I'll be fine. I'll get away from God. I'll get away from what he's saying. I'll have run away from what he's doing. But we can't do it. What we see in this story is that God sees, God knows, and we can't hide from him. And in one sense, I can feel like a kind of scary thought. Oh, actually, God can see everything. But actually, what what we can learn This is security. This is comfort. This is, this is reality and comforting truth. God sees everything and yet he loves us. God sees everything. So this is what happened. Josiah, for some reason, he doesn't listen. Josiah, for some reason, he goes in disguise. But what God said comes true. And Josiah dies. Sounds pretty cheery. <laughs> but what I, wanna, what I believe God wants to say to us today is, will we keep trusting him? Will we keep trusting him after all this? What do we see with Josiah? Josiah. After all, what is all this? Josiah's been running with God for 31 years. Josiah's been leading a people who are resistant, who are not coming with him for 31 years. Josiah's facing an army who he kind of perceives to be a threat after all that. What I believe God is saying to us is, after whatever we have faced, whatever we have come up against, whatever disappointments are behind us, whatever successes we've seen, can we still trust him? Can we still trust him? So what is it that Josiah's, uh, Josiah's kind of, uh, find a word, What was his reason? Why Why was it? I think there are three possibilities that we could be facing. There are three possibilities that we could be thinking, can I trust God at this point, after all that's gone on, can I trust him? Am I going to listen? Or like Josiah in this case, am I going to turn, am I not going to listen this time? The first of those could be Fear. There's a reality in this story Pharaoh Nico is about. Pharaoh Nico is about. He's, he's, he may not be coming directly at Jerusalem, but he's on the move. And Josiah sees this fairly powerful king who's going up to kind of reinforce an empire, the Assyrians, who have kind of caused Judah a lot of trouble over the last little while. In the, in the most recent time, the Assyrians have been kind of kept at bay by the Babylonians, who they've had a kind of battle going on with. And so Judah has kind of just sat there quite happily. But now we've got Pharaoh Nico going up. We've got Pharaoh Nico going up to help the Assyrians against the Babylonians. And you kind of get the impression that Josiah might be thinking, oh, hang on a minute. But yeah. If Nico goes up and helps the Assyrians, we might have a bit of trouble. So perhaps Josiah goes up. There's a genuine sense of fear that actually this is going to cause problems for us. This is going to cause problems for us if this earthly king goes and supports this other earthly king and then hang on, they might, they might kill off the Babylonians and then, then what's going to happen? But actually what we see in that is Josiah's not trusting what God has said. Either in one way or another, we've, he's seen, and he received the words quite happily at the time. That when he spoke, when he sought the Lord, when they found the book of the law, he knew that disaster was coming. He knew that disaster was coming because God had said it. God had said, actually, this is going to happen to, to the people of Judah. There is going to be disaster coming. So in one sense, it was unavoidable. But also, what had God said? Josiah, you won't see it. Josiah, you won't see it. You will die. You'll, die, you'll go to your fathers in peace. Before I take my people off into exile. We can see circumstances around us. God may have spoken, we can, we know what God has promised, we know what God has got for us, we know that we are secure in him, but we see the circumstances around us and think, can I go on trusting? Can I trust him? In this case, it appears maybe Josiah thought, actually, these circumstances look bad, I've got to do something about it myself. I've got to do something about it. Surely this would be what God would want me to do. Surely, because because otherwise this is going to turn into a big problem. Surely this is what I need to do. And we can look around us at the world today and think, man, there's a lot that's going on that's hard, that's bad. We can look in, we can look at unsettledness in politics in our country. We can think, oh hang on, we've just said, there's just been a referendum where Scotland might have left the, the UK, we might have had, it would have been completely different, we've got, we've got, more and more people thinking, "Oh, actually, hang on. Maybe we shouldn't be part of Europe. Maybe, maybe that's where all our problems are coming from." There's there's unsettledness and the sense of, "Oh, what's what's going on here?" We see we see bigger problems happening in in different parts of the world. We see things like Islamic State, and there's real real hardship, real Disaster. We see the Ebola virus taking, there's, there's people dying. And it seems to be something that's just out of control. And there can be circumstances that are personal to us. Maybe it's illness, maybe it's, uh, it could be all sorts of things. We just think, there can be circumstances that just make us think, oh, what is what is going on? Can I keep trusting God? I believe what God would say to us today, quite clearly, is yes. Yes. We can see all sorts of problems, all sorts of circumstances that can make us think, oh my word, what's going on? And yet we can know that God is in control. The situation that Josiah faced, God was completely in control. God knew the time that he was going to take his people into exile. He knew the time when he knew what was going on with Egypt and Assyria and all these different things. God knew it all. God is in control. We can know that in every circumstance, as Paul writes in Romans 8, 38, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What has God said? What has he said? What has he promised? He's with us. He's with us in whatever circumstances. Perhaps another possibility for Josiah, which we can think and look back on and think, really? Was actually... he was worried that he'd failed. That actually he was, looking at, he was looking around and thinking, what on earth have I achieved? What on earth have I achieved? You can see, I must have got it wrong somehow, because the people really aren't going for it. They're kind of c- compliant, but what have I achieved? And then this possible threat of Egypt comes and he thinks, I don't know what God. What's God saying? What is He saying? What's the point anymore? What's the point anymore? If you're thinking, I've lived my life for 31 years. I've been leading these people, but what what actually have I got to show for it? What's come about? I, yeah, I've been faithful. I've been going after God, and yet Jeremiah said it: the people aren't coming back to God. The people aren't, God's speaking for himself, they're not turned. What have I got to show for my life? We kind of see a similar example to this in, in the film, It's a Wonderful Life. Always on at Christmas. It's a Wonderful Life. We get we get the story of George Bailey. That's right, isn't it? I'm second guessing myself now. I'm gonna, he's going to be George Bailey now anyway. George Bailey, who's he's lived his life in this small town. And he's kind of, he's got big dreams, he's got these massive dreams about going round the world, he's going to, gonna go to all sorts of different places and he's gonna, he's gonna build buildings and roads and all these different things. But actually he ends up for one reason or another, because he, because he just can't walk away. He's still in that small town. He's still in that small town and he gets to this point, a crisis hits. And he just thinks, what on earth is the point? What's the point? I'm bet, it would be better off if I'd never been born. I'd be better off dead. He thinks, what have I achieved? I haven't done any of the things I dreamed of. And actually it takes, it takes, it takes the, the intervention of an angel called Clarence. Anyway, um, to show him, look, look, this is what, this is what difference you have made. This is what difference you've made all the way through your life. You think you've achieved nothing. And actually, look at this. Look at the difference you made to this life, and this life, and this life, and this life. Look at how bad it would have been if you hadn't been here. Now for us, in a sense, the point isn't that we look back and see this is my achievement. This is my achievement. This is what I've managed to do. This is what I've done. But actually, like George Bailey, we can get warped onto thinking that actually it's all about what what have I managed to do? If I, as I look back at my life so far, I think, Ah, oh, this, this hasn't worked out like I thought it was going to. This hasn't worked out like I thought it was going to. God, what's happened here? What's this all about? But actually, God looks and says, and he would say to Josiah, look, you've trusted me. You've gone after me. You've been faithfully serving me. Well done. Well done. And yet, it could be that Josiah looks and thinks, ah, What have I achieved? What was the point of all of it? And so he thinks, okay, let's go up against Egypt. Let's go and try and do this. I'm sure that probably must be what I'm supposed to do. But he's not seeking God in it. We can get turned to thinking, what have I achieved? When actually we need to focus on, who have I been following? Who have I been following? And is he still God? And he is. But it's not some kind of glib platitude to kind of say, oh, well, yeah, it may not have worked out how you thought, but, but you can still trust God. We can kind of, we could almost glibly quote Romans 8 and say he works in all things for the good of those who love him. But it's not a glib, throwaway line. It's the truth. It's the truth that we we can face hard things. We can face things that didn't work out. We can face things that we think, oh, my word, what? I didn't expect it to work out this way. But we can keep trusting him. We can keep trusting him. It may be that it looks like it hasn't worked out. But God is still God. And he is at work in all things. Like, like Joseph learned. Joseph who had big dreams. But Joseph who was hated. Joseph who was sold into slavery. Joseph who was falsely accused and thrown into prison. Then forgotten by the, the fellow prisoner who said, I, I'll remember you to Pharaoh. It would be easy for Joseph to have thought in prison What was the point? I had big dreams. Man, it's not worked out, has it? But Joseph at the end, in Genesis 50, who kept trusting, he kept trusting God. So at the end, he could say, in Genesis 50, verse 20, When he spoke to his brothers. Don't be afraid. They were worried that he was going to take revenge. Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me. But God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. So in the face of fearful or hard circumstances, in the face of looking back and thinking, has this worked out how I I would have hoped? We can keep trusting God because God is still in control and God does work in all things for the good of those who love him. But thirdly, it could be the desire just slipped into a kind of sense of self-reliance. It's interesting that the passage does start after all this. In fact, the last thing we heard of was probably many, many years earlier. But after all this, after Josiah had kind of led the people in fixing the temple, led the people in coming back to Passover and, and celebrating and worshipping, after he'd kind of set things right, after just when Josiah had set the temple in order... Then at that point, Nico comes up, and Josiah thinks, "Let's go and let's go and deal with him. Let's go and deal with him as well." And we see, we can see examples of this through scripture of seeing great victories or successes. Actually, they then find that actually, what happens next? We see the people of. Israel going up and taking Jericho. We see we see them trusting God entirely, and Joshua saying, come on, this is what God has said, this is a crazy plan, we're going to walk around the walls, we're going to walk around the walls and we're going to make a lot of noise, but they trusted God, and God gave them the city. But then what do we see straight after, that? the next city is Ai, it's a small place, and it, it should be an easy one. But what happens? Joshua kind of sends some people to look at it, and they say, yeah, we can just send a few thousand men. We don't need to all go up. We'll just go up. And they go up with these few thousand men, they're routed. And what do we see? The God said, Joshua, you need to turn to me. There's, a, there's sin in the camp. And we realized that there's been, there was a man who took, took stuff from the plunder that he shouldn't have done. But, but, but there's this sense of almost complacency of, actually, we've done this big battle now we can go. We can go. We can do it. We can do this one. We can handle this one, God. We see in David's life that David, he's beaten Goliath. He's served Saul. He survived Saul coming after him and, and kind of trying to kill him and being jealous of him and all this stuff. Real hardship of just running and, and kind of dealing with all that. He's become king and he's won great battles. He's brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. He's won some more battles. And then he sees a married woman on a rooftop. Ah." he slips. Perhaps Josiah has slipped into this kind of, "I know what I'm doing now. I know what I'm doing now. I'll go and deal with Egypt. There's examples throughout Scripture that we need to keep trusting God. We can get into our heads that I should have got this by now. I should have understood how to make it work and now I can do it. But in our own strength, we will always fail. We'll always mess it up. In our own strength, we're nothing. But it's only in his strength. It's only by seeking him and going forward in his plans, that then we see the victory. I remember learning when I was younger, Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all you do, and he will give you success. A verse is not trying to say that everything, if we trust in God, everything will go right. But saying that actually he is the one we can trust. What we think we know, what we think we understand, what we think actually I can sort this one out, God, I can do it. We need to trust him. We need to trust him. After all this, can we keep trusting God? He is still the same. He's still the same. He is the same God who has got great plans for us. Hebrews 12 verse 1 encourage us to run the race with perseverance. To keep going after him. The end of the story of King Josiah reminds us and challenges us to keep going till the end. To keep going. To keep to not be discouraged. We see that as a common theme throughout scripture as well. That God keeps coming up to his people and saying, do not be discouraged. We see it with Joshua. Joshua 1 verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We see it in other places. That kind of David communicates to his son Solomon, "Don't be discouraged. You can go into all that that God's got for you." Then we see in Two Chronicles twenty, we got another king facing. A tough situation. 2 Chronicles twenty fifteen. A, the This guy, Jahaziel, speaks to King Jehoshaphat of Judah. He says, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. There's a big army facing them. For the battle is not yours, but God's. In all the situations, God says, do not be discouraged. I feel God would say to us, do not be discouraged. Keep trusting me. But in all those situations, there are reasons why they could be discouraged. In the sense of, with Josiah, he could be discouraged by the sense of, the people aren't following. The the, the Egyptians are on the move. There's reason to be discouraged. But actually, the reasons not to be discouraged are bigger. God is with us. God is with us. We can trust him in everything. We can trust him in every situation. In different situations, after all this, it can be tempting for us, like Josiah, to say, actually, this is what I really want. This is what I really want to do. I'm going after it. I'm going after it and we can hear, we can just close off and say, I don't really want to see God on this one. And we can hear, we can hear things from, from friends and from leaders and from, maybe from parents or whatever saying, oh no, this is, this isn't a good path for you. This isn't good. We can, perhaps in the areas of, perhaps a big one is in terms of relationships. And perhaps after all this could mean after all these years, I'm still looking, I'm thinking, God, is there a partner for me? Perhaps you've grown up seeing your friends getting married. This is one area. It can just feel like, God, can I trust you in this anymore? God maybe has not said either way, but we can trust him to have our best. But it can be, it can be easy to think, actually, like Josiah, I'm gonna hide, I'm gonna disguise myself and say, actually, I'm pushing on with this. I'm pushing on with this thing. People have said, no, don't, don't pursue that. We kind of got hold of the fact God's probably saying, don't pursue that. And we can think, actually, I'm, I, I just want this so much. It can be in other things. It can be in all sorts, but we can just think, actually, after all this, after all the years, or after after coming through disappointment, after whatever it is, God says, keep trusting me. And you say, oh, but I want this so much. But God's still calling, I have your best. I have the best for you. I have the best for you. Keep trusting me. But what do we also see in this passage? In fact, through the life of Josiah, actually, we're not just seeing the terrible story of... In fact, we're not seeing the terrible story of a man kind of messing it up at the end. Messing it up and it all goes wrong and it's kind of all for nothing. We see in this story a picture of the sovereignty and grace of God. We see... God at work in it all. Let's read the last section again from verse 23, 2 Chronicles 35, Archers shot King Josiah and he told his officers, take me away, I'm badly wounded. So they took him out of his chariot, put him in the other chariot he had and brought him to Jerusalem where he died. He was buried in the tombs of his fathers and all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for him. And Jeremiah composed laments for Josiah. And to this day, all the men and women singers commemorate Josiah in the laments. And these became a tradition in Israel and are written in the laments. Okay, it's just a story of his death and burial, right? What do we see? How is Josiah remembered throughout this? How is Josiah remembered? Because in in a sense, it's a picture of the grace of God. Right back at the beginning, Josiah 34 and verse 2. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. Josiah is remembered as a king who went after God. Josiah is remembered as a king who didn't turn aside from the left or the right. And, and in our kind of nitpicking, we can turn and say, no, 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 hang on, hang on, look. Chapter 35, verse 20. Josiah didn't listen to God. Josiah went up against Egypt. But we see, even in that simple picture, we have a God of grace. We have a God of grace. And we see in those other examples that we saw with Joshua. They went up against Ai. And it all went wrong. But they took Ai. They came back to God and they repented and they took Ai. David is restored after the situation with Bathsheba. And he's remembered as one who's after God's heart. We see the story throughout the Bible and we see it here of imperfect people following a perfect God. We see the story of Josiah as a man, an imperfect, just a man. Who went after God, a God of grace. And in fact, we see the sovereign, gracious will of God that God has has said through Huldah the prophetess to Josiah, you won't see these troubles. You won't see what's happened, what's going to happen, the, the trouble that I'm going to bring on Judah because of the sins of their fathers and because they're not turning back to me. You'll be buried in peace in Jerusalem with your father's. Let's say that correctly. You'll be gathered, I'm gathering you to your fathers. Let me find the verse. Chapter 34 of 2 Chronicles, verse 26. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says concerning the words that you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before God when you heard what he spoke against this place and its people. Because you humbled yourself before me and tore your robes and wept in my presence, I've heard you, declares the Lord. Now I will gather you to your fathers and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I'm going to bring on this place and on those who live here. And God doesn't turn back from his words to Josiah and say, well, actually, Josiah, you've gone up against Egypt now and you are kind of, this is not what I wanted. I told you to go back. He doesn't say, well, actually, Josiah, now you're going to see the disaster. No, in a sense, even in Josiah's death, we see the grace of God. We see, and his sovereign will, and his plans and purposes coming about. Josiah is buried in peace in Jerusalem. In fact, we see there's only one chapter of two chronicles left after this. And in that, we see three or four, several kings and the fall of Jerusalem. It's all just... Everything goes crazy from then on and the people are taken off into exile. But God is gracious to Josiah and says, you'll be buried in peace. And he was. And actually the whole story of Josiah points on to something more. It's a picture of, we see we see a picture of throughout the story of actually the one that is to come. The one that was to come. The Josiah... He was just a man, but one was coming. Yes, the people were going to go into exile and the people were going to come back, but they were looking forward further than that to the king who would come, Jesus. Can we trust him? Yes, because this is who we trust. This is who we trust, Jesus, the king, who, who, like Josiah, would be wholehearted in following what his father wanted. Like Josiah would die. But unlike Josiah, he didn't get it wrong. He didn't get it wrong. And he wouldn't just be lamented. But he would rise again. And he would conquer death. And he would reign forever. We see through Josiah's life. A picture of a man who followed God. A man who wholeheartedly trusted God. But we also see a God who is gracious and sovereign even when he failed. So can we trust him? Can we keep trusting him after all this? After anything we've gone through? After the successes, the failures? After even looking back and thinking, oh, what? I didn't expect it to turn out like this. We can keep trusting Him. We can keep trusting Him. Let us run the race. Run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And let us not be discouraged because He is with us and He is faithful. Let's pray.